Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And good afternoon, and welcome once again to our weekly podcast series. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and very pleased to be back with you, as usual. Uh, now, did you know that Lavelle Law has been presenting these free discussions for over four years now? Just realize we celebrated our anniversary this month, so I appreciate everyone who has listened over that time. Today, we're going to continue on with our series and stick with our traditional format, but what will be new is our guest for today. Our topic will be orders of protection, specifically what to do if you are served with one. And here to assist us with that topic at hand is a is a recent addition to the Lavelle Law family, Attorney Janae Picanio. Janae, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Chicago's Legal Latte. Thank you so much, Jim. You know, it's a pleasure to, you know, just provide this service to the community and the public at large. And it's a great privilege to be part of Lavelle Law. You know, I've been yeah. here for just about three months now. Okay, tell us a little bit about I'm yourself before we get into our topic. Uh, you know, give us a, a quick back, background on uh, who you are and where you're from. Sure. Well, I graduated Northern Illinois University uh, in undergrad, and then I went to law school at the University of Miami, Florida, and I graduated in 2004. I also grew up in the area. Uh, my grandparents lived in Palatine, Illinois, uh, for the entirety of their marriage. And I'm a local boy, and I, I'm looking forward to just giving back to the community as well. And, you know, I have a lot of ties and connections to the area. I grew up in Wakanda, Illinois, up in Lake County, and uh, I've been around these judges in the practice area of domestic relations for over six years now. Well, I think uh, we're, we're fortunate to get you back from Miami weather after you spent a few years down there. So uh, glad to have you back home and, and now situated at the Lavelle Law Limited. So, you know, let's let's get to our topic here. Um and and you know, it's one that it kind of intrigued me when I when I took a look at it. And um I want to get into some of the details, but before we go too deep, can you first of all just describe for us briefly what we mean when we talk about a an order of protection under Illinois law? Well, what we're going to talk about today, Jim, is orders of protections in civil matters. Uh, sometimes in a domestic violence situation, there may be criminal charges, and the state's attorney's office might choose to uh, complete their own order of protection, and so it's a, it's part of the criminal case. What we're talking about today is an order of protection where there's a, you know, maybe there's no case going on between people, or maybe there's a divorce action or a child support or visitation action going on, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Okay, and how would one of these come about? It would seem to me that um, an order of protection, and I'm, I'm kind of coming at this from from a layman's view, might be something that would, you know, sort of be an urgent matter. Would uh, courts respond quickly to administering one of these? They certainly do. And what people need to be aware of is that orders of protection are extreme remedies. They can move people outside of the home uh, if they're sharing a residence together. They might be able to uh, take the child away from the other parent. They would be able to, um, you know, keep people away from their place of employment uh, with the remedy of calling the police and having that person arrested if they are seen to be in violation of it. And so it's something that can 
provide uh, peace of mind and, and safety, and and it gives the police really a, a an inlet and a, and a mechanism with which they can, you know, keep somebody away who's actually posing a, a threat uh, physically or emotionally to uh, an individual. And it, it's interesting because you you mentioned a, a number of different instances there. You know, my first thought was uh, a domestic situation, probably a married couple. You mentioned children being at risk, but you also mentioned a workplace situation. So really, in in order of protection. Um, could really cover any situation in which uh, some person might feel threatened or has been uh, uh, frightened in some way by another individual? Well, typically with an order of protection, Jim, the order of protection, there has to be a relationship between the parties. It could okay. be a blood relationship, or, uh, you know, an intimate relationship, uh, you know, parent-child uh, some kind of direct link between those two individuals, the person seeking the order of protection and the person where it's going against. There is a what, what you just seem to describe as a civil no-contact, no-stalking order, whereas some individuals may be able to um, say, you know, it's a co-worker or some other type of individual that they do not have a relationship with but is posing a threat to them, they can go into court and seek a civil no-contact, no-stalking order. And so okay. that's that's a remedy for people who aren't in a relationship. But what we're talking about and what we'll focus on today is where there is standing, where it be you know, former uh, spouse, current spouse, uh, former boyfriend, girlfriend, things of that nature, um, you know, that's what we're looking at today. Okay. And one thing and that people don't know is that one of the definitions for domestic violence under Illinois is harassment. Harassment is very broadly defined in Illinois law, but one of the things that we see is that if you have um, a child in common with somebody and they are threatening and you perceive that threat to be, you know, immediate and they're threatening that you won't see this child again, um, if they are concealing the whereabouts of this child, that could be enough in order for a judge to grant the order of protection itself. So we get into that kind of situation where people are threatening to leave the state. They have a uh, parents maybe in Florida or you know some other place. Maybe they went to school in Chicago when they graduated, and then you know their family is somewhere else, and then the, the relationship breaks down, and then they want to take the child to you know, another state and, you know, threaten to never see them again. Well, that doesn't fly in Illinois as long as you're proactive. Okay. So it does, it's not driven just by an act of violence. There doesn't need to necessarily be physical violence, be evident in order to get an order of protection. Physical violence is one measure, but no. No, there can, mm -hmm. there's also the uh, actual concealment, um, you know, just different terms, the way harassment, um, stalking, you know, it doesn't actually have to be physical. It could be, you know, the emotional aspect of that as well, which is violent under, you know, the definitions of Illinois law. Okay. Let's jump ahead a little bit to a situation in which an order of protection has been granted, and we've sort of established that that might be something that happens in, in very short time frame. Uh, if, if an order has been granted, um, what should someone do then if, if the person that they're seeking protection from tries to contact them? Should they, you know, accept that contact in any way? Well, they they should not. Uh, if they are, if they have the order of protection in place, and they are being 
contacted by that individual, there's a couple things going on. One, if the order of protection has been served on that person, then they are technically in violation depending on what they're doing. They could be in violation of it. Any violation of an order of protection uh, should be brought to the attention of the police, and that's something where they could arrest them. And it's equal to a DUI charge. It's a Class A misdemeanor. So it's a very serious thing. Um, and, and to put the shoe on the other foot, if you received an order of protection and the other person who got it is contacting you, then you should not talk to them at all. You should not uh, put yourself at risk or jeopardy of being arrested. The reason I say that is because I see a lot of times that individuals will be served with the order of protection. It says they can't see their children, they can't talk to the other person, yet that other person uh, is reaching out to them, and they just do not understand, and it, and it makes no sense, but that's just how the law works sometimes, is that if they are contacted, that still could be a criminal offense, even if they're not the ones reaching out to that person. And if you're the one who has the order of protection and you're recalling that other person, the judge might not take you seriously and say you don't need it. You're not afraid of this person. You don't really need to be protected. So it cuts both ways. Okay. Well, orders of protection are our topic today. I've, I've got the pleasure of talking with Attorney Janae Pequeno from Lavelle Law Limities. He's with us for the first time on the podcast today. And you can get a look at his bio at lavellelaw.com and also find a recent article or two that uh, he has available for you. Um, in the future, all of his podcasts as well as those of his colleagues will, will be archived on that site, as they always are. Now, I, I would guess, and maybe I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it would seem that there may be cases, maybe times, in which some form of personal animosity or something else leads to a request for this type of protection. Uh, if, uh, if you're accused of this, if an order is placed against you that might be the result of a, a false or exaggerated claim, you know, what, what sort of protection do you have? Well, the only protection is a good defense. A lot of times people uh, are in the situation where the claim is is just so clear on its face to them, you know, the person who received it and the person who's actually reading it, it's so clear on its face that this is a lie by their ex and they, you know, the ex is just out for vengeance and revenge and just looking out for a way to really hurt that person. And so in their mind, they, they sort of justify and play the role of judge themselves. And they say, well, if, you know, it's so clear to me, it's going to be clear to the judge. Let me just make clear, Jim, they, the judges do not know any individual from Adam. <laughs> you know, they they are seeing one person ask for it and another person defend it, and they see this all the time. So it's basically the, the typical fight of he said, she said, and then it comes down to who is more credible. Well, you have to have a strategy in going in and defending these things. You have to be able to prove, put together text messages, uh, timelines, phone calls, phone records. There's a lot that goes into defending an order of protection well. And there goes a, there's a lot that goes into def, you know prosecuting an order of protection well as well. So it's just one of those things that it's not as cut and dry. And, and people in their own minds you know, think that it's about what is true. And I tell them it's not about what is true. It's what you can prove in court. According to the mm-hmm. rules of evidence, it's you know, and if you lose an order of protection hearing, Jim, it's something where you could lose the right to see your child for two years. <laughs> you yeah, know? so it's it, very serious. 
Yeah, big question I had there is: what, is there a duration on these? Are they are they temporary? Or can they be permanent? What, what's a or are they just is it a case by case situation in terms of how long an order can be in place? Well, an emergency order of protection can be given what they call ex parte, which means without the other side even knowing about it. And so, if if you are actually in fear, uh, you can go in without even telling the other side. Um, that's all. It cuts both ways. Like I've been saying this whole time, uh, if if you have an ex and they're just spiteful and vengeful, they can go in and get it without even telling you about it and make up whatever story. And so those emergencies are good. Emergency orders of protection are good for tw- uh, 21 days. Then after that, typically, you know, somebody will get an attorney. It may may turn into an interim order of protection, which is just another temporary period. Judges decide that. Uh, could be, you know, reviewable, might be three months, six months. And then the the big hearing, once you actually go into a hearing, the emergency order protection will be served upon somebody and they'll get, you know, the, the court date and the time and time to put together their defense. And then if the judge uh, believes the person who is requesting it, uh, it could be granted for up to two years. And it just depends on what the what the judge wants to put in its terms. It could be uh, not see the children. It could be stay out of the house for two years. It could be uh, a range of things. Not go to the the children's daycare. Not go to the children's school. Not go to the other parent's work environment. All of those things can be put in there, and, and somebody can be kept away from that for two years. And obviously, you could see the difficulty that would be in maintaining the relationship between parent and child. Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, what we've found out here is there's a lot more to this than we might think just at the at first glance on a topic like this. And I certainly want to mm-hmm. thank Janae Pequeno for being with us today. It's his first time here on the podcast, and he shared a great deal of information. But as he finds out, as we always do each week, we've uh, we've run out of time. So I think we will have him back soon uh, to uh, maybe get a little bit further into this topic. Um, uh, certainly uh, look forward to his participation in, in the weeks ahead. Now, Speaking of future podcasts, next week we'll stay in the domestic or family law area as Christina Regal will be here to visit. Uh, we'll discuss the alienation of affection or, as it is more commonly known, a cheating spouse. Uh, Christina always shares a great deal of insight, so I hope you can join us for that. And thanks very much, Janae, for being here, and thanks to you for listening. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 